From the studios of Teeing It Up in the swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up presents uh, Danny Flecker in his weekly spot here and uh, as we enter week four of the NFL season. Hello, Danny. How are you, my man? Um, I'm good. Um, I hope the same for you. Um, there's a whole lot of NFL fans who woke up this morning around the country and are now wondering, what the hell do I do with my fantasy team or my bets? Because now we have Cam Newton's positive test. We have a Titan, a, a Chiefs backup quarterback with a positive test. We have this game going to, it is believed, Monday or Tuesday, officially by the NFL. Tuesday is what Adam Schefter is reporting. But as Mike Florio pointed out, the NFL has a donut hole um, when you're not in a controlled bubble that testing can't stop. And that is... The fact that the incubation period is different for, for different people. And we are seeing this with the Titans, who now have eight players and eight staff members who have tested positive. They're averaging two to three more people a day who have tested positive. This is an absolute mess. Yeah, and this was part of the concern with bringing sports back. Um, despite the measures that teams have taken, you know, we've seen situations and across all aspects of sports except for basketball and hockey because of like the way they structured it that there are outbreaks among teams and it's you know the Titans one you can understand how it's you know going through that team pretty quickly you know once the first the news popped up that they were tested that came back positive you know the assumption was that you probably were going to see others I think the test today that came out positive for the Chiefs and the Pats are a little more concerning from a, you know, uh, logistical standpoint. You know, how during the week these, these players get tested negative and then on the eve of the game or on the eve of a travel day, they get tested positive. I think that is a little more concerning because, what is, you know, what did these players do or how did they get exposed? is what you have to look into, the, you know, the Titans situation. I think, you know, once you got a player on your team, it's going to spread. So it be interesting to see if the Chiefs and the Pats have more positive tests that come up within the next, you know, 24 to 48 hours. Mike Florio is also reporting that the NFL is willing to put players in hotels for the rest of the season, but it's unknown if the Players Association would agree how would you feel as an athlete to be staying in a hotel for the rest of the year? I mean, we've seen the basketball players do it. We've seen the hockey players do it. The baseball players are going to be entering into their little bubble, you know, tomorrow. Um, if they're not already there. It, it, it's a sacrifice that, you know, might need to be made. I don't know if, if it works now, you know, if it's something you do right now with these, these teams, it's tough. It's a tough situation to, to find yourself in. I think it's disappointing that up until now, the NFL was pretty much on a clean slate. And then all of a sudden this week, we see some dominoes fall. Again, not too dissimilar to what we saw what happened in baseball. Um, and, you know, I think as the season went on in baseball, things got got much, much better. 
the only difference is in baseball they have more flexibility with, with the arrangements of their schedule than they do in the NFL. So I think if you're the NFL, it's a, it's a wait-and-see approach. I, I think you want to see how this, these clusters develop over time and, and then figure out a solution. And I think the one thing that the NFL didn't do well was create those, those bye weeks, you know, within the schedule. Maybe it would have been, you know, hindsight 2020. Maybe it would have been something that, you know, they could have done where they went, you know, three weeks on, one week off, four weeks on, one week off, something like that. That way they had those natural buys in there. But, you know, from a player perspective, I think that, you know, once now you're ingrained in the season, if you have to sacrifice something in order to finish that, then you're probably going to have to do that. But I don't know if that's necessarily the course of action I would take right now. You know, what's also problematic is two other things, which is, number one, we're entering flu season, and we know how flu can run through locker rooms. And number two... Um, Look at the injuries. Look at purely what happened in Jets-Broncos and all the players, especially on the Jets side, who went down early in that game. And Sam Darnold has a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. And the amount of people who go down in a given um, season who, uh, you know, for completely non-COVID reasons. So now you'd have to replace those people with people off the street so if you go into a hotel, how are you going to be able to replenish your rosters? Yeah, I mean, it's a logistical nightmare, that's for sure. I, I just, it's such a delicate situation all around. It's tough to say that the solution is X, Y, and Z because even solution, you know, X, Y, and Z had some holes in it. So, you know, we all knew that sports is going to be a challenge this year. You know, we, we saw the league accept the, the challenges, come up with solutions, and I, I think, you know, from you know, a league perspective, you're in it already. You can't imagine... I can't imagine a fallout if they were, like, we're postponing the season or we're doing, you know, we're going to delay the season or cancel it. I, you're in to figure out a way to, to move on. And you have to understand that at this point, you know, you're going to have to play with the players that you have. And if anything, this maybe opens the league's eyes to some ways of developing, you know, a supplemental, a supplemental league or development league that allows, you know, expanded rosters or the potential to have backups in place, you know, other than just the players in your practice spot. And that's obviously in reference, uh, uh, Danny's bringing up uh, what, what Major League Baseball did with these um, quote-unquote alternate sites and teams mostly in their AAA affiliates being able to house a second set of players um, that they were able to call upon when injury or, or, or COVID happened. We're talking to Danny Flecky here on Teeing It Up. All right, if you have Cam Newton or Patrick Mahomes or Kelsey or any of these key players um, – uh, Tyreek Hill, any of these key players on your fantasy team, and now you don't know, seeing what's happened in politics, seeing what's happened in sports, you have no idea if this game's going to be played uh, Monday, Tuesday, or five weeks from now, like is what's happening with Pittsburgh and, and Tennessee. 
what the heck do you do if you have these key components on your fantasy team? You're scrambling. That's all there is to it. Honestly, like you're scrambling. You're on Saturday. You know, the waiver wire period is over. Uh, you know, what's left out there, you might not be able to pick up. You know, you're, you're scrambling. And I'll be honest with you, I was one of those guys this afternoon at 12 o'clock when the news came out that checked every single one of my teams to see how I was affected. And one of my teams, lo and behold, I had Mahomes, James, A.J. Brown, the Titans, who also wasn't playing this week. So I was left scrambling. I had to go see what was out there, sacrifice potential, you know, players on my roster that I had that maybe I was waiting to, to use, depending on, you know, how injuries shook out. But you're scrambling. You're trying to find something. So, you know, I'm rolling out in one of my leagues to pick up Nick Mullins because that was the best available option for me, at, you know, given the situation as quarterback. I have Greg Ward starting at another wide receiver position and Brian Hill at a running back spot. And that's just the way I think that it's going to be this week. You know, obviously at the end of the day, you know, these games will be played and, and they're going to get them in time. How it affects your fantasy league. And, you know, if you're winless, you're in, in a tough spot. If you're 3-0, you probably have some last, you know, some, uh, some leeway there. But... Someone like myself, I was out there literally scrambling trying to find out who I play and who I have to sacrifice in order to get just like a, a full roster out there this week. Uh, speaking of people uh, who did play, Sam Darnold was one of them in the Jets' uh, defense with completely un- undisciplined um, loses to the Broncos Thursday night. Um, you have been very passionate about your views on Sam Darnold and his lack of maturation as a quarterback in his three years. And the issue you had is he was holding onto the ball too long. As somebody who plays quarterback in flag football, and I get it, flag football is not the NFL, but you're in that position. What is the temptation as to why somebody would hold on to the ball longer? Is it overthinking your abilities as a quarterback? Is it the hope that somebody will somehow get open because it happened two games ago? Is it not realizing that there's somebody on your blind side coming after you and you can't hear the steps? What is that temptation to hold on to it too long? Yeah, so I don't want to act like what I experienced anything like these NFL players experience, but I think it's a simple confidence issue, right? Your confidence in your receivers, your confidence in the play call, and the confidence in yourself. You know, when quarterbacks are double-clutching, you know, their expectation is that their, their initial read based off the play call and based off their initial scan of the defense is that that read's going to be there. The read's not there, they clutch. Then they go to their second read. It's, it's already too late because that second read is, had already developed while they were looking at their first read. They clutch. Then they look at their third read. Again, same thing. It's a trickle-down effect, and then they're stacked. Or... You see a lot with, like, rookie quarterbacks. First read's not there. They immediately take off um, and run and don't let the play develop. And Sam's kind of stuck in between those two things. He's stuck between, you know, do I take off right away when my first read's not there because my old line can't sustain, you know, the blocking for me to go through my read? Or do I hold on to the ball and, and, and then go through my progression? And he, he's, he's in between both. And obviously... 
if I was a coach or whatever, I, I'd rather him look at his first read if nothing's there, scramble, and at least try to make something out of it so you're not getting hit all the time. But he's just simply not confident, I think, in anything that's going on around him. And, you know, he did make some nice plays on Thursday. You know, he had a nice scramble for a touchdown. He ran for, like, 70-something yards. He had some nice throws in there, too. But I think Sam Darnold's in a position right now where he's just not confident in anything that's going on around him. And, I mean, if you look at what the Jets are putting out there between their offensive line, their wide receivers outside of Crowder, and then throwing Adam Gase's play calling, I don't blame him. But... He's kind of had these same attributes for, for a while now with this team. Um, let's switch to college for a second here. Uh, we're, we're still, what, three weeks away. Um, uh, you know, three and a half weeks away from the Big Ten opening up and this scheduling slate um, increasing. So looking at what we do have, what games besides Georgia-Auburn tonight between the Hedges 730 ESPN, what else has your eye tonight? Or, or or today as we record this at one fifty four Eastern on Saturday the third. Yeah, so a couple of games underway right now would be you know Pittsburgh NC State's an interesting game. Pittsburgh's kind of come out hot. I think the last time I thought they were, but you know it's seventeen thirteen at the half, um, and, and NC State on top seventeen thirteen. Yeah, so I mean you know in the ACC you're really looking for that second team, right, that's going to contend with Clemson and at least give them, you know, a game or at least give them a scare. You know, Pittsburgh and UNC are those two teams right now, you know, and Pittsburgh has had some good wins. Their defense looks good. UNC travels up to BC later today at 3.30. I think those are some intriguing games just from the perspective of, you know, are these teams real enough to battle with, you know, Clemson and the ACC? I know Miami's gotten off to a good start. But, you know, I, I just don't know if they have the sustainability, you know, to, to keep going on the path that they're going on right now. But, you know, they're, they're showing, showing some promising results with being that second team that could be battling Clemson. But I think Pittsburgh and UNC have a shot at that as well. And an interesting game tonight is, Ohio, is Iowa State versus Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma, their traditional dud. Uh, against uh, a, a, a Kansas State team that they've had trouble with the last couple of years. Iowa State's another team they've had trouble with the last couple of years. They played them tough, beat them by one point last year in Norman, uh, traveled to Iowa State tonight where it's going to be cold, it's going to be raw, and can Ohio, can, I'm sorry, can Oklahoma battle back with a freshman quarterback, some new pieces all over that team, and get a big victory for them in the Big 12 because Texas looks good so far this year. Granted, their defense is nowhere near where it needs to be to compete for a national title, but Oklahoma's going to be duking it out with Texas um, all year long. So if you're Oklahoma, you're hoping that you can have a bounce-back performance tonight. But I think tonight's game is going to be pretty, pretty close in in names, that's for sure. Um, And... uh... I forgot what I was going to say, so I I will move on to another topic because I completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, one thing that I think is interesting, I just want to quickly ask this of you. Um, LSU is 21-point favorites over Vandy tonight. Uh, is last week a blip for LSU, or did they lose too many pieces to graduation slash the NFL? Yeah, so... 
I think last week was a tough game for LSU to open up against. And, you know, the same could be said for Mississippi State. But LSU was playing a team that traditionally didn't have the type of scheme that you were seeing in the SEC at all. I know that teams have opened it up more, more spread offense. But Mike Leach is a very specific type of offense that, you know, hasn't been in the SEC for, for years. I mean, the last time that type of offense was run in the SEC was with Kentucky back when they had Tim Couch in the late 90s. So I think adding that plus the loss of the talent that they had, new quarterback being brought in, um, the disadvantage of not having the home crowd there as they usually would have in Death Valley, I think a little bit of all those factors played into them um, having a little bit of a, a letdown last week. I think LSU will be back and, and play well this year, not obviously up to the capabilities I think that they did last year, just given the situation that they find themselves in with their roster. But um, I think when you look up and down that roster, you have four- and five-star recruits at every single position. So I think they'll be fine. I think that, they, that they'll, they'll play tough. They're going to have some tough games. Obviously, the SEC is what it is. But I think last week, a little bit of all those factors I just mentioned uh, helped Mississippi State pull off that upset. Danny Flecka here on Teeing It Up. The Bahamas Bowl and the Hawaii Bowl have been canceled for 2020 due to COVID-19. And travel. Not surprising, right? There's the travel involved in getting yep. places. Yep. You know, Hawaii is a little bit different, I guess, because it is part of the continental United States. And, um, you know, you wouldn't have issues traveling in and out of there. But I can imagine, you know, getting into the Bahamas would be an issue for travel reasons, whatever that may be. We are talking to Danny Flecky here on Teeing It Up. All right, to wrap this thing up, let's look at the NFL slate. And and here's my question. Is it worth your money to gamble on any of these games when you have no idea what's going to happen next? Is it one of these weekends where you want to lay back and just see what happens in the world, or do you still go forth gambling-wise? I think you go forth, right? You, you you go ahead. If the games aren't played, you get your money back for the for the bet because it doesn't happen. Um, and that's it. I think that there's some games that you can still look into that right now, knock on wood, are, are, are going forward. And then, you know, you hope that you pick right. And, and then, you know, obviously these games this week that aren't on the slate will be on the slate at some point in time. And then you take those games when they're up. We are uh, going to wrap this up with Danny Flecka's likes and dislikes for this weekend. But before we get to that, let me ask you a super quick question about a specific game um, that I find interesting on tomorrow's slate. Um, When you look at a team like, what, what, what game was it? Jeez, where is this? Um... Yes, the, the Giants and the Rams. The, the Giants have not been very good. The Rams have been better. And from just a perspective of betting, and especially for outright winning gambling, for me, I would look at that game and go, Rams, 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 Rams. It's a, it's a long flight for the Giants. They're the road team. Is this the kind of game that you would expect potentially for the Rams to, you know, for it to be a trap game, the Giants to sneak out a victory, even with how inept they are as a football team? Not a chance. <laughs> so, you know, as bluntly as I can say, the Giants just don't have 
advantage any matchup this week. You know, offensive line against the Rams defensive line is a loss. Um, their skill set players, a loss. Their defensive line against the Rams offensive line, maybe that's an even matchup. You know, just depending on, on, on how the Rams come out in that game. Uh, the Giants secondary against the pass catchers of the Rams, a loss. Quarterback, a loss. Coaching, a loss. Um, you know, this is just one of those games where I think it's what the the stats and what the, that's on paper is is about as accurate as it can be. Um, the Giants just don't have it this year, and I don't know when they're going to get their first win at all. So I think that this is a game at minus 13. If you like the Rams, take them. I don't see this game being close at all. I think it's probably going to be somewhere around 31-10 or 35-10. All right, Danny Flecko, what do you like and what don't you like this weekend? Yeah, so a couple of games. I mean, I, I was a big fan of the Patriots this week. Unfortunately, you can't take that. Uh, I do like the Chargers this week, plus seven in Tampa. Um, I just have not been that impressed with Tampa this year. Um, you know, they still need some time to gel. Their defense has been pretty good. I think the Chargers do present some issues for them on that defensive line. Um, and can get out to Tom Brady a bit. We saw what they did against the Chiefs. Um, and, you know, Herbert looks pretty good, I think, as well. I'm not I'm not a fan of the Chargers ever as a favorite. I tend to fade them. Uh, but as a seven-point dog in Tampa, I like their matchup there. I also think the Saints this week are a good bet. I know they are struggling with injuries. A bunch of their big-time players will not be shooting up this week. Um, and that is always cause for alarm when they're out their top cornerbacks, they're out their, their top wide receiver, and they're out their top tight end. But I think at this point, the Saints just have to rely on what they do well, and that is get the ball to Alvin Kamara, run the ball, control the game a little bit, allow for that play-action passing game to open up. And I think you know the, the Saints will get back to that this week. They obviously have the coaching advantage as well. So I think buying low on the Saints this week is actually a good prop, you know, proposition. The Lions, you know, looked good last week against Arizona. You know, that, that didn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, I, I think Arizona was a little bit uh, too cocky or arrogant, you know, from the start that they've had for the year. They're not used to being the, the hunted. Uh, they have to learn how to win, and Detroit played spoiler. Uh, but I do think the Saints find themselves in a good uh, position this week as well. And my dislikes this week, um, it's tough because, you know, you want to, you know, you already have two less games this week to, to bet on. But I think I'd probably stay away from some games like the Jaguars and Cincy game. Not sure how that game is going to unfold. Um, the Bengals have played definitely, I think, better than the Jaguars overall. But I don't know if Cincinnati should be a favorite in a game right now. Um, another game I'd stay away from is Philadelphia-San Francisco. I know Philadelphia has looked terrible this year. And I know that San Francisco is battling a bunch of injuries and looked good last week against the Giants. But I just don't know if I could back either of those teams right now. You know, that game to me, even though it's a seven-point spread, is a real toss-up just because, you know, what if the real Carson Wentz shows up this week? Or what if Nick Mullins has a guy? You know, it's just—it's just a little too volatile for me to, to completely invest in. And that is Danny's likes and dislikes for Week Four in the National Football 
league. Any any last things you want to say before we get out of here on a Saturday? <laughs> I mean, well, like you said, fingers crossed we can get through this week, and then maybe this is just all it is, is a blip. But, you know, uh, I'm, I have my fingers crossed, my toes crossed, you know, behind my back, whatever it is, to make sure that, you know, we don't lose something else that, that we that we like. Amen to that. Danny Flecka, thank you as always for coming on Teeing It Up. Uh, no problem, my man. Have a good weekend. You got it, and uh, enjoy your football weekend, everybody.